are tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, AfterBuzz fans. Welcome to another edition of The Voice Of. I'm your host, Megan Salinas, and joining me today is Keith Silverstein. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, no. Thank you so much for coming in. So you've done, uh, gosh, it's a, this just laundry list of things. Your resume. It's true. I used to do laundry for a living before, <laughs> before doing voiceover. I didn't see that on your resume. but I, No, I don't. I save that for special interviews. <laughs> it makes sense. But, um, but you've done like video games, anime, original animations, a lot of commercial work. Is there anything you haven't done yet? Uh, is there any, there's always something I'm sure that I haven't done yet. Uh, what's on my list? I'd like to do more commercial work. That would be nice. Um, and I've, I've, I feel like I'm getting more into original animation. I'd like to do more of that. But uh, no holds barred. Whatever, whatever you want to, you know, set me up with, I'm, I'm down <laughs> to do. I'm down for the work, so. That sounds good. Mm. Well, we, we here at AfterBuzz, we, we cover a lot of shows. And so I was looking at your resume, and you've done a ton of really fun things. Do you have a particular, and I, I know I, that it's really Here hard comes, to pick. the favorite question. Yes. Do you have a favorite character? I know it's like picking children, but I figure uh, we go ahead and get that question yeah, out of the way out so of we can way. talk more about fun stuff later. Do I have a favorite character? Um, you know, I, I have favorite characters uh, for different reasons, and then it kind of changes over yeah. time, so it's never the same. There's not like a set list. I think, ah, okay, you're making me pick something. Uh, I like Kimi Maro from Naruto, just because I feel like that for me was a big kind of crossover into anime. It was, uh, I mean, it was ten ep- for ten episodes at least. I had a lot to say. I knew the series. It wasn't a series that was you know unknown to me, so I was I was excited to be working on it. Uh, and the fans, I mean, there's so many fans of that that it still remember that character. Yeah. So, that's... so that's a favorite for kind of that reason. <laughs> Um, he's kind of an ant. He's not full on evil. He's a little bit of a more of a sympathetic villain too. Yes, and uh, if you if you notice, if you check that list of my characters <laughs> again, you'll notice I, I get that's kind of where I've been pigeonholed. Yeah, you do a lot of villains. The one that really like stood out to me on on the resume was Monster, oh, and yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, that was you, and that makes that's a lot mean. of sense. Yeah, now that you've met me, you're like, no, he, he is he is evil. That's yeah. him. <laughs> that suddenly makes so No, just listening to the different voice types, I was like, right, right. oh, my God, that's totally him. Yeah, I definitely enjoy uh, playing evil. Uh, Johan, was, Johan was a trip. I was very excited, I remember, to, to book that. You know, I'd auditioned for a number of characters on the series. And when I got the call, I was like, really? Well, I got it? Okay, I was like very excited to, to get to work on this show. Um, and I think I heard some other actors, some friends of mine, were also like, what? Keith got that? What? So I think... <laughs> There was a little bit of a buzz, like people weren't sure. Like that didn't seem like it was a character for Keith, but um, but it was then it was weird because I had the it was kind of like the title lead for it, and so I went in for one afternoon, you know, like a couple hours, and then like three months passed <laughs> because he's in it, and then he's not in it for like twenty five episodes he's or something. There like and that. then he's gone, <laughs> and then he's gone, and he's kind of he's pulling the strings, uh, but he's you know he disappears for long periods of time. So it was really weird. It was I was so excited. <laughs> To get this like two hour session, and I'm like, what is, what they don't want me? Like, what happened? I didn't realize how long it would be before he returned, but he was a lot of fun to, um, he was fun to play, but in a different way because I couldn't joke around between takes with him. It it took too much to get back into the right zone, so I kind of stayed evil. So (laughs) ask ask Patrick Seitz who directed that. Ask him; he'll tell you I stayed evil. I'll ask him. He's coming on um, on for Sword Art in a couple weeks, so we'll ask him. But uh, but no, that's that's really great. But you mentioned that you're you kind of been pigeonholed it there. Well, it's not even just villains though. It's very specifically what you're talking about with uh, Kimi Morrow. Uh, it's villains who aren't really bad, <laughs> um, but something happens to them that's wrong, and they've been wronged in some way, and then they're just trying to get their revenge, basically. Uh, and when that's me, that's when they call me. So you kind of <laughs> you know. So at the end, when the villain dies, spoiler, sorry, uh, that's usually what happens. Um, for this type of bad. character, yeah. Yeah, you for this character, you're kind of like, oh, yeah. Aw. 
She's like, oh, yeah, dang it, I liked him. Oh, give me Morrow. <laughs> he, he wasn't whole, mm. all the way evil. He was right. just kind of evil. Right, exactly. He was evil for a good reason. Right, you, like, agree with him. Like, I don't know if I'd go that far, <laughs> but uh, he was definitely wrong. But you wrong can understand. And, yeah, you kind of want them to get some revenge, but not too much. Well, we, we've, we've talked to a lot of other voice actors who just absolutely crave the villain parts. Mm. But because you kind of... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you kind of get those... Yeah. Do you kind of prefer more goofy roles or roles where you get to play it straight? I like playing roles when I get to talk like this. <laughs> that's that's my favorite. No, uh, I, I don't know. I like everything, to be honest. I, I do enjoy the villain roles, but um, there's even with villains, there's different kinds of villains. So every once in a while, you get one where you can just go full out and just be super evil and loud and obnoxious and big. Those are a great release. <laughs> so I really, really like those opportunities. They don't come up as often. For me, but when I do get those, uh, they're just really big and overly dramatic. It's a lot of fun. So it's like yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's good stuff. One of my other actual favorite roles was, uh, which was like that, was on uh, Monster High. They did a, a, a feature called uh, Escape from uh, Skull Shores. I think that's what it was called. I think so. And uh, I played the villain in that, Bartleby Farnham. And he was like that. He was super over the top. He was a lot of fun. <laughs> so you just get to let loose, let your hair down. Just... Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, <laughs> to yeah, an I extent. Get to let my hair down a little bit. To an extent, yeah. yeah. It's noticeable, but it's not. It's not a huge thing when I let my hair down. So, <laughs> so um, we also get. We've talked to other voice actors before, and it seems like the the recording booth is a really big place where pranks happen or other kind of practical mm-hmm. jokes. Do you have any go to like funny booth stories or just favorite booth stories? Not necessarily involving pranks. Go to funny. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of actors who have those great. <laughs> Like prank stories, I, I mean, I have kind of, I guess, some semi-funny things that have happened at recording sessions and stuff. I don't really have that booth story. I mean, I have hyperventilated and almost passed out in a oh, game no. before. Well, I didn't. I almost, I've heard stories of those who have fallen, <laughs> you know, so the effect sounds really good until, you know, the director until hears that Until you hear a clunk. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, is he okay? Get somebody in there. Is he all right? Um, but uh, what's like a recording story? Uh, first commercial that I ever booked. Um, I, when I was in the booth just auditioning for it, I read for the part, the announcer, and then at the end, the booth director was like, and just do this little fast part at the end. So, okay, boom. Send it off. A couple weeks later, you book this. You got it. I'm excited. I'm like, great. I got this gig. It's fantastic. I show up. I'm sitting in the lobby. Here's your script. I'm looking over it. Okay, cool. Let me run over this. I want to impress. I want to be good. Let me refresh my memory. All right, cool, 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 cool. So I'm going over the announcer part, and I walk into the booth. The director's there. He's like, hey, Keith, it's good to meet you. Hey, well, let me introduce you to, let's say it was Jim. Jim, he just did the announcer part for this piece. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Tim. Hey, good to meet you. And I, you know, in my head, I'm going, oh, crap. I got to read the really fast part that I did not look at at all in the lobby. So that was, I mean, I did fine, but it was it was really annoying to be sitting there in front of that, meeting everybody going, all I can think of, like, can I just look <laughs> like, at this? Uh-oh. Right, because they're thinking I already had 15 minutes, you know, in the lobby to look at this, and I should be ready to go. So I had to just go for it. But, uh, but you know, things like that happen all the time. So Yeah, where you just have to kind of do it on the fly, mm-hmm. or if the director wants you to do something that you weren't expecting, and you're like, okay, I'll right. give it a whirl. Let's, let's do whatever you said, and let's give it a shot. <laughs> Now, I'm cu- I'm always curious, um, just in terms of an acting standpoint, what made you want to get into acting? Like, mm. where was that, like, aha moment where you're like, that's what I want to do? Well, you know, before I even knew that's what I wanted to do, I was doing that. So I grew up, I was a kid that every every different holiday when the family was gathered together, I'd get together with my brothers and sisters, and we would sell tickets and make up a show. <laughs> we, we would dance, or we would sing, you or would we would do something. sell tickets to your family? Well, not for real money. <laughs> or just, come on now. I should have. You're absolutely right. That's the way I should have done I was going to say, you were a very thrifty Then kid. I would have grown up to be an agent, but I didn't. I grew up to be an actor, so that's why I didn't charge, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, so I used to do that, so I was doing that all the time. I took acting in, you know, in high school, and just, I, I just had a love for it. Funny, though, I mean, because I do a lot of dubbing now, a lot of foreign dubbing, and when I was in fourth grade, my best friend, Mike, lived just down the street, and we had two favorite pastimes. First one was playing with Star Wars figures, of course. Uh, you know, anybody knows the time. That, now I've just given away my age. <laughs> Damn it! Well, no, it's a timeless classic. It's timeless, right? <laughs> the new Star Wars movies, of course. Well, then that makes me seem like I was playing with it when I was way too old. That doesn't work either. That's no good. No, let's just. I'd rather I'm old. That's fine. Uh, and the other one was we would dub. He had an old Betamax recorder, and he would throw in a movie. Usually, we would do James Bond movies, and he would throw in one that we hadn't seen yet. 
and we would get one of those little tape recorders that had the little, like, you had to press play and record at the exact same. You, you're nodding like you know, and you have no <laughs> idea. Just trust me, this is old school, okay? This is how it used to happen. So, you know, we would set that at the same time. We'd go three, two, one, boom, and we'd sit back, and then the rule was we had the volume down, and we would dub the entire movie, or at least until the tape ran out. And I would, like, say I'd get the first character, and we'd alternate. Next character to go on screen is you, and then you're that character for the entire film. <laughs> no matter what. Male, female, doesn't make a difference. You've got to make it work. Would you make up the script, or would you do the script verbatim? No, no. We made it up. We, <laughs> it was better if we had never seen the film. If we didn't know what was happening. I mean, that was, like, the funniest thing to us when we thought we were walking into an office, and we said something about that, and we actually did a character walks into the restroom or something. Like, we loved that as kids. So sometimes it would match just perfectly, or it would be so off that or it was too fast you know you ended up with three characters in the room like halfway through the movie and it was so hard to go back and forth between your female voice (laughs) and your male voice and your gruff voice and so I was kind of doing it for free as a child so (laughs) so it's funny that I didn't think that you know I never thought I would grow up to do that because it's exactly what I was doing as a kid so well that's great that you kind of had some practice going into it you're like oh yeah I used to do that as a hobby oh yeah we didn't have the beats or anything (laughs) we just went for it so yeah, now it's a beep system. Like you go like one, two, three, and then the beeps and everything like that. Three, and then the beep. See, that's what I've been doing wrong because I've been doing <laughs> one, two, three, four, and I wait for the fifth imaginary beep. Oh, okay. It's actually on four. Is oh, what you're telling me now. I don't know. I've never actually done is this any right? dubbing Does anybody sessions. Does anybody know this? No, I no it was of one, course two, it is. Three. Of course it's on. The, I'm just sure you've heard that a million times. Everybody's talking about dubbing is always like you know, one, two, three, and on that fourth imaginary beep, <laughs> that's when you start talking. Actually, yeah, we, we've heard a little bit about the beep system, because I know other people have other ways of doing it, but the beeps one seems to be the most common, right? right. I want to know what the other ways are. There's beeps. Some places don't do the beep, and it's just like watch it well, and then go. Stephanie Shea was um, telling us the, um, a couple episodes ago for The Voice of, she was saying that she was talking to somebody who did um, the original Voltron. Okay, And way, way back in the day, like there was no system like that, and yeah. you, you had no way of going back and being able to tell whether or not it was a good take or a bad take wow okay <laughs> and so uh, you know that changes your perspective on a lot of like those older dubs right i love the old i love the old classic stuff yeah i used to watch anime when i was young too i mean i definitely watched like uh speed racer marine boy do you know marine boy marine, know marine boy, boy no <laughs> ah, somebody out there knows marine boy it was like the same cast as speed racer it was awesome it was this little boy i don't know his, his dad worked out as a scientist on the ocean and he used to chew aqua gum so he could breathe underwater somebody remembers this somebody out there <laughs> i'll google it i'll Wikipedia google it check it later. out but uh but definitely no speed racer and like voltron Battle and of the planets all that stuff. Uh, robotech's a little jump further in the future <laughs> but i did i did love robotech i used to rush home from school to catch my Robotech episodes on time. Those were really good. Were I don't good remember a whole lot of Robotech because I think it was like a couple different series like kind of yeah. chopped all together. So I couldn't tell you anything about what actually happened in Robotech. And sadly, I totally could. <laughs> I, to- I totally could. Yeah, I was a big fan. I watched I, I more than once. I marathoned the entire series with buddies over a we- over the weekend. So. Well, it's recently, fun. Though. It's it's fun, and I think now would probably be fun for nostalgic reasons. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Sit down, Robotech marathon. Let's do it right now. You guys ready? Here, let's roll. The, can we roll that? Can we roll it? The new Robotech, Robotech after show, for ladies and gentlemen, the brand new Robotech. It's going to be a thing, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> now, I'm personally a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, and I know oh. that you're involved in the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. Hey, Sonic! <laughs> yeah. Good old Vector. Vector the Crocodile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get involved with that franchise? Um, well, I got a, an audition. I knew what it was for. I, I didn't actually know. I didn't know the character Vector. Uh, I knew Sonic just from old school. I mean, I knew Sonic. But well, I Team knew Sonic Chaotix, Sonic prior, prior to more recent years, Team Chaotix used to be a little bit more obscure. So. Right. And uh, they sent me an uh, audition, and they said it was like, kind of a gruff, detective-like <laughs> character. And so I think everybody did what I did, and we kind of did some kind of a gruff, detective-like <laughs> character. Something like that. And, uh, and then they basically resubmitted the auditions to everyone and said, yeah, uh, here's a voice sample, a little reference for you. So you don't have to mimic this, but something in this vein. And clearly it sounded more like, you know, Fozzie Bear or something like that. So once I knew, like, oh, you want it that goofy, okay, no problem, you got it. And, and then luckily I booked it, so... Yeah, he's kind of more of an inept detective. Right. He still gets the job done, but he kind of bumbles his way through. He bumbles his way through a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But I was very excited to get that, because, I mean, I do remember playing Sonic back in the day. So it's... A lot of the pop culture stuff that I get to work on, I'm really... I'm actually one of those actors that's excited 
to work on that because I, I have run into those who are just like, hey, work is work. I love it. I'm really happy. But you know what I mean? It doesn't particularly matter what I'm working on. It does for me. Um, I, I geek out at least a little bit. <laughs> Maybe not in public, but every now and then. So, yeah. So I think you've mentioned before in other interviews, too, that you are a gamer when, when you have time, when you're not, you know, completely busy with work and everything like that. I used to be. I don't even <laughs> think I can claim that title anymore. I was proud of being a gamer. I still have an Atari 2600. It's, like, in the garage, though. I have, like, 300 games. They're all <laughs> sitting there covered in dust and spider webs. Um, but I will break them out at some point. Um, but I, I haven't played, I mean, I think the last Tomb Raider was the last <laughs> thing I played. Like, that the was a little way Tomb Raider? The last one, the most recent one, which is probably about a year and a half ago now. That's okay. I don't buy new games anymore. I just keep playing Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and, like, that's that's I, all I got. <laughs> if that's all you need. If that, if that works for you, you're good. Yeah, typically. But you do a lot of video game work, too. I believe Soul Calibur and Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, Skyrim. <laughs> yes, Skyrim is hilarious because I'll run into people and they'll go, oh, you do you do voiceover? Oh, that's great. What stuff have you done? And I can start naming stuff. And I can I could name Soul Calibur and Resident Evil. And they're looking at me. They're shaking their head. <laughs> I go, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon? They go, I, I don't know what that is. Shame uh, on them, because I, I love that show. Good, I'm glad. Well, a lot of people do, but they have no idea, right? And then I go, you play a lot of video games? Have you ever played Skyrim? And they go, yeah, 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 I play Skyrim. And I go, I'm Nazim. And people go, what? <laughs> You're Nazim? I hate him. But they love to hate him. So I'm totally happy with that. I mean, it's a great thing for me. Why the hate on Nazim? Because uh, he's a jerk. Because <laughs> he's. I was hired uh, by them to do to play what the character was just called was it called? I think it was called like Arrogant Male. <laughs> because you can find him throughout the entire world and different races and whatever, but it'll always be that same arrogant voice. And for some reason, Nazim like is the one like everybody <laughs> hates online. And not they're not hating on me, as far as I can tell. Although you're welcome to do that too, whatever. <laughs> That's a sign of success, I guess. They're just um, like that guy. <laughs> they hate Nazim. It's that cloud district. Those of you who don't know, it's that, uh, do you get to the cloud district very often? Oh, <laughs> what am I saying? Of course you don't. That guy, like, oh, people hate him. There are so many videos of him being killed over and over and over. Yeah, on I think I, I saw, like, a How to Kill Nazim, like, tutorial video. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, people yeah. really hate this guy. And it probably had a lot of views. <laughs> there was one guy who did a mod, <laughs> so cool, where he, he had, um, like, 150 Nazims on a mountain. <laughs> and he instructed them to, to just make it back to their home village. And so, I mean, I couldn't even watch the whole thing because it was about two hours long. So I would just skip through. But it was just like they would get attacked by wolves and a few would get picked off. Meanwhile, they're all walking and saying the same things, like five things over and over to each other as they're being killed. It was amazing. Well, that's got that. That must be like so interesting. Like that's when I knew I made it. <laughs> that's when I knew that people care so much about about you know the work that you're doing that they take the time to do that. <laughs> I don't think that had anything to do with me. I think once a few hundred thousand people hated Nazim, everybody was like, "I see a market here, and let's pounce on that." So they're like, "If we do that, we can get millions of views." No, millions of views, yeah. Or at exactly. least I watched. I don't know. I don't know how many views they got, but I I, I thought it was. Hilarious. I'm gonna have to look that up because that yeah. sounds hilarious. Oh, it is. It's it's fast forward through it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to sit and don't, watch don't the spend entire like two, two hours. hours. Yeah, no, no, it's not it's exciting but not that exciting. No. But you mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I absolutely love the new show that's going on yeah, right so now. Do I. With that, how's it working with Andrea Romano? Uh dream come true, amazing, fantastic. I mean, she's so talented obviously and knows what she's doing. Um, I'm just honored honestly to be there. Every time I'm there it's just like don't screw up, don't screw <laughs> up, don't screw up, you know. Um but it's it really is, and it's one. It's not. Just, I mean, it's working with her. It's the rest of the cast is so amazing, and it's just to be working on something as iconic as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just, I mean, it really is pretty amazing. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I just love the look of the show yeah. and like all the other. Do you get to do ensemble? Like, because I I don't know much about the behind the scenes. Do you guys get to do ensemble recordings yeah. um, with everybody? I know that sometimes schedules don't really allow for that, but schedules don't allow for the entire cast to be there every time. But generally, when I show up, there are four or five other actors there. It's usually five, maybe four or five, six people at a time that are in there. Unless your scheduling is just off, every once in a while you have to come in for a pickup or something. You'll do it by yourself. Um, but yeah, I get to work with the cast, so it's it's wonderful. And do you prefer getting to work with an ensemble cast like that, or do you kind of prefer the the intimacy where it's just you and the director, like it is for a lot of dubs? Uh, you know what? I like them both for different reasons, and you kind of nailed it. There is 
kind of an intimacy when you're working one-on-one with the director. And uh, not only that, but if you're, if you're dubbing, I mean, you're working with the director and just that screen one-on-one. I mean, the screen is actually counts as some as some an entity that's there also because especially when it's a real emotional scene it's kind of cool to be just by yourself in a dark booth just that screen and you can really get into it so if it takes a few takes by the third take you are so into it you're really you know like one with the screen and so i really do like that um but if i had to choose i mean the ensemble stuff i mean just being able to feed off of everyone else is really really amazing plus you get the you get the rhythm you get the the flow um, and so that there's something to be said for that too. That helps a lot with the comedy, you know, when you can really build that flow back and forth, back and forth, and there's the joke. It, it really helps to get the right beat. That's good. And it really helps with the banter and everything like that, mm-hmm. and just makes for better delivery. So that's good. Um, I did have a question about uh, just kind of you. You mentioned um, the... oh, this is a build up on this one. <laughs> I don't know what this one is now. You're like prefacing <laughs> well, it. I have a question. Hang on. <laughs> well, is this a taboo question? Should no. I not answer this? I no, answer. no, this one's totally fine. Okay, all right. I just, I like, I like to know with, uh, because you've done a lot of different things and you, you like getting to work with other people and everything like that. I want to know, what's your dream project? Like, if you could do absolutely anything, what would it be? You mean like anything in the world? Like, as opposed to, or in well, voiceover? Or what do you? Acting. Okay. And or anything in the world. Let's do both. If you could do like the the dream acting job or the dream project, like if you wanted to be like a director or a producer, or if you secretly want to take over the world. Uh, well, <laughs> if I did secretly want to take over the world, I sure wouldn't say anything about it now. <laughs> so that's why you're always playing villains. Well, well, yes, that's just speculation. Now you're you're just speculating. I don't know if I have a dream project. I am. And I think about this a lot. I'm really enjoying the path that I'm on. And one of the really cool... I mean, I love voiceover. I love doing voiceover. So I don't know that I want to do anything else in addition to that. I know a lot of people want to direct and they want to do other things. I don't know that I wouldn't do that, but it's not what I'm gunning for. Um, but I kind of like that you don't know where your path is going to lead you. So like, it's not predictable. Like the, you play this character and then that leads to this character over here and that leads to this... And then you get this show, and then because you meet this director, you're over here. And you could never plot that out, if that makes sense. So I look back at my career, and I wouldn't want to give up any role. So even looking forward, I feel the same way about that. Once I get the role and I, I record it and I'm attached to it, I'm just so honored that I got that role, that that was, you know, that was my particular path. I hope this is answering your question, <laughs> but, that, but that is really how I feel. It's, there's a... You don't have a lot of control in what you book. All you can do is put your best effort out there, uh, be connected, know the right people, and, and hope that you, you book that role. Uh, and take what you get. So maybe you, you audition for the lead in the show, but instead you get this other role, and you, you start to love that role. And you're like, good, I'm glad I got that role. I'm glad it worked out that way. And next time maybe you'll get the lead, and you'll love that. So, so it's the journey, not the destination. God, you, you just made that so concise. <laughs> I spent all this time saying something, and there was a bumper sticker, right? That already exists. There's a tagline for it. Yes. <laughs> but it's no. the journey, not the destination. We just How much time did I just waste? My <laughs> God. All right. Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. It's my, job to, it's my job to concise, make things well, you're, consolidate. Well, you're, you're doing a darn good job. <laughs> Except for when I ramble, when I build up questions. Right. Well, then I'll come up with a bumper sticker for you. Oh, okay. So I'll go ahead and ramble a little bit. So d- Keep on trucking. That was it. That was what you were just doing right there. That's oh. what I was just translating for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel a little bad now. No, no, that's good. That was a huge selling bumper sticker. That was a big deal in the 70s, I'm told. I'm told. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Well, I, I do have another question. You know, I'll, we, we've already talked about the favorite, you know, your favorite character and everything like right. that. I, I personally want to know uh, what the biggest challenge was you had voice acting in or mm. just any, any acting gig in general because there are lots of roles where maybe you have a strong emotional connection to or maybe you don't and so that creates a little bit of a challenge or maybe you didn't read the lines 15 minutes, you know, for the 15 minutes before right, and you have right, to talk right. really fast. Yeah, well, there's different roles are, are challenging for different reasons. I mean, some are just long amounts of hours. Uh, some, you know, you're really just, you, you know, you've got some kind of raspy voice <laughs> and you've got to scream in this voice. Like, I'm not even going to scream now, but you've got to do it constantly for like, you know, five, you don't four, five hours. <laughs> you don't want to pass out. You don't want to pass out. If you can help, you say that till you get home. You get home, you pass out. 
Um, but you know what? If, if I just was to pick a role that just was really the hardest in its own, it was the one we already talked about, which would be actually Johan from Monster. And he just had such an intensity that he wasn't easy to slip in and out of. Whereas other characters... My MO is I like to go into a session. I like to have a good time. In between takes, I like to goof around. I love bloopers. So it, any show that I've been in should have had a blooper reel. <laughs> um, could have had a blooper reel. They, some of them they don't, but they should have. Um, and I like doing that. And then, of course, I'll, let's do it for reels. Let's get you what you need. But I, couldn't, I just couldn't do that with Monster. The subject matter was so serious all the time. It was too hard for me to go back and forth to joke, to getting serious again. And it, that character, Johan, I really needed to get to kind of a dark... It's a dark place, but it's, an also, it's also innocent. It's a dark innocence. Because I don't believe that Johan really was thought he was being evil. I really felt like he was doing what he thought was right. Just didn't really have a conscience, so it wasn't evil. It was just the way to get to what he needed to get to. And so it took a, a couple seconds at least, if not a minute, to kind of focus in and get to where I needed to be. Yeah, there's not, so really, there's not really room to play around with that. I figured it's that out very quickly. Serious business. Yeah, no, I had to be, yeah. So that's the most challenging. Which role do you think you've had the most emotional connection to? Oh, man. What, what role did I walk out crying? <laughs> what role? Out of all the roles, there were so many. You know, I don't know it, what I've had the most... There are a lot of emotional scenes that you might have, but I don't know what I, I don't, I don't know. I might have to pass on this one. I'm not <laughs> sure. I have to think about it. I'm not sure what I had the most emotional, I mean, just you mean like kind of while I'm recording, but I'm just like, this is like me. <laughs> this guy's like me. Or, or even outside the booth, you're like, I identify with that character for one reason or another. Well, a lot of the villains that I play, um, what's the name? Kusaka from uh, Bleach, Diamond, Dust, I can finally remember what it's called. <laughs> Diamond Dust Rebellion, I think is what it was called. It was a, one of the Bleach films. Um, I, got, I really got into him just because it was one of those situations where, you know, it was just me in the booth by myself. And, uh, again, he was one of those villains that, like, you're like, no, he totally got wrong. Like, he should absolutely have his revenge. And, of course, spoiler alert, in the end, he does not quite get his <laughs> – we'll just say he doesn't quite get his revenge. And so you kind of feel bad for him. Um, so, I mean, I – I don't know if that was more than any other, but, I mean, when you have scenes like that, I mean, you do kind of connect with it because you can understand the motivation. When you're playing uh, a villain who's just straight evil, at least for me, uh, I don't make a connection with that. I just That's just acting. That's just, if this is how I felt, here's how I would act, as opposed to, like, I totally get it. This guy, I'm 100% with this character. So, hope that answered. Now, what would the bumper sticker say? <laughs> what would that be? Um, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would say stuff, but uh, no, I was thinking of like we're family Forrest. friendly. Oh, when you said bumper sticker. I started thinking about Forrest Gump. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, yeah. Good movie. I like that movie, but lot. Yeah. But um, you mentioned also that you know, obviously, that there are f- roles where you can you can play around a little bit more. You can you don't have to hold back. Which right. one do you think has been the most fun? Which one has been the most fun? Uh got a lot of them. Have been really fun. Um, I do have a lot of fun on. Uh, on Ninja Turtles, I had a lot of fun working. I did uh, Walla work on um, on Tron Uprising, and that was actually a lot of fun because it was like four of us in the room um, trying to keep it within the, <laughs> the, the you know the dialect of Tron World, which is which is a little tough to do. I had a lot of fun because that was a group thing. Oh, I know, I know, what was the most fun? Okay, I had to go. Th- I had to cycle through a couple of them. Did a show called Monsuno, um, and that was a blast. We did I think three and a half seasons. And uh, the cast was amazing. It was like a five-person cast, and we had so much fun. It was like we went in every week, and it was just like a reunion, and it was like, oh, we get to play. This is fantastic. So that was the most fun. And actually, then the most sad when it was over. <laughs> it was. It was. It was a great. That was a great experience. We had a lot of fun working with the writers and the directors. Like, everybody on that was like family. So it, that was definitely the most fun gig I've ever had. That's good to hear. It, it, I mean, it is sad when it's over, but, you know, it sounds like you had a lot of fun. We did, yeah. No, absolutely. It was worth it, you know. I wouldn't have had it any other way. <laughs> Sometimes it has to end that way. Yeah. All good things must come to an end. There, you did it again. Yep. You did it again. It's going to be my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Great. But um, the, you mentioned off uh, Tron Uprising and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I'm a big fan of those shows. But another really impressive thing I saw on your resume was the fact that you got to work with the legend Chuck Jones. For... Oh, that was my start. Yeah. That was, like... that was my start. 
for for the original web series that he did. What yes, I mean, I can't yes. even fathom what that's like that working was with the, a legend that like that. That was the final. That was Chuck Jones' final project. It ended up being. He actually conceived the project uh, in his heyday, but never did anything with it. So uh, it was, yeah, it was it was a webtoon. We had to do use like flash animation, like real simple animation, because I think we did it in two thousand one. If I remember correctly, I think it was about, or at least it was released, I think, in, in 2001. And at that time, a lot of people's computers couldn't handle anything else. <laughs> no. So in order for the market to be able to actually watch this show, it had to be just like basic Flash. And um, I remember auditioning. The assistant producer on the show was a friend of mine, and so he pulled me into audition, and I was so nervous and there wasn't <laughs> they didn't have characters yet per se or at least they hadn't leaked them out so I just came in and was like do some voices <laughs> so I had to just sit there and just kind of go through a little routine of like 20 different voices and just kind of be like please don't think I suck please um, and so when I got the word that I was cast just to play various characters in that I mean it was amazing and then you know I, then I like first gig and I'm working with like Nancy Cartwright and Joe Alasky and that was it was insane. I was I was very nervous, but I had an absolute blast. I mean, it was I wouldn't trade that. I wouldn't trade that gig for anything. So, if you could trade one, now now I'm curious. If you could trade a gig for something, what yeah. would? Well, I trade the Chuck <laughs> Jones one, of course. That doesn't make any sense. I just said I wouldn't do that. Um, well, what would I trade? I'd trade a. Uh, yeah, I trade some anime that nobody knows <laughs> uh, for some huge giant show that's going to last me ten years. You yeah. fill in the blanks. It's not. It doesn't even matter which one. You choose the and anime that you don't like, and I would trade that one for some shonen for show some that would just huge run forever show, and ever and ever. Uh, <laughs> network television that runs for ten years. You know, or so like you know, for like Simpsons, that'd be great. Something like the yeah, Simpsons. Yeah, that's like a twenty-five year gig. That's what I'm saying. So, I, so in reality, I would tr- let's just go back. I would trade any of my shows to have been on Simpsons from the beginning until now. Sure, why 25 not? Twenty-five years later. I know I said I love them all and everything. <laughs> But, I mean, they're my babies, but, I mean, within reason. Come on, let's be reasonable here. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to picking children, you're going to pick the one that keeps I'm gonna, you I'm going to pick the one that, that pays a lot of money. <laughs> right, I'm going to pick that child. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A couple to be million said. dollars for 25 years. That'd be sure. great. Yeah, yeah, that sounds reasonable to me. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a fair trade. You do it, right? To be on The Simpsons? Which one oh of my, my roles would you trade for which role? Uh, probably mm. some of the Walla work. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. That sounds totally reasonable. Totally trade some of the Walla work. Some of the Walla work. work actually pays really well. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, pick, no, a, pick an anime that I was in for like, that I worked two hours on. <laughs> that would be preferable. But whatever. As long as you're giving me Simpsons, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No. I'm, gosh. That show has been on for like my the entirety of my life, basically. Wow. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. But oh gosh, trying to think now. Gosh, you're what? thinking of which one of my roles you trade? <laughs> which one did you suck most in? No. Let me see. Uh, no, that's nonsense. <laughs> She's like, but now that you mentioned it, <laughs> <laughs> no. But you do have a lot of fun with a, a lot of your roles are so much fun. But just kind of speaking back to anime, mm-hmm. I want to know how did you get into the anime world specifically? Because people like I found that people have like a lot of different roundabout ways that they just sort of fall into it. Right, right. Um, because like you said, you never know where your path is going to take you. So yeah. what? Where in your path? What led you to doing roles for anime specifically? Yeah. Now, everyone's got a different path. I was actually selling children on the black market <laughs> in uh, the late '80s, and I was doing. Well, no, that's, in case you haven't figured it out, that's not the real answer. The truth was he was selling kidneys. <laughs> I was selling kidneys, absolutely. Uh, who would sell kids? That's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, no, I worked on a show called Edgar and Ellen, and we were dubbing it. And I worked, I didn't know any of the other actors. It was one of my earlier gigs in my career. And um, one of the actors was Kirk Thornton, who I just met there. And um, I didn't know anything about his history. I didn't know about his illustrious career at this point. I probably should have, but I didn't. And we were taking a break, and I overheard him talking with one of the actresses, and he mentioned anime. Now, for me, anime, I had just grown up on anime. So I was like, oh. So I joined in. I'm like, oh, my God, I love anime. I grew up on anime. I used to watch this, this, this. And I was like, you know, they have the old guy that talks <laughs> like this. Look at how the young guys are all like this. And, you know, there's a cool dude that's like this. And I'm like doing this going, I love that. It's so funny to me. They always have so much to say. And I have to fit in that little. And, and I had no idea that I was, like, basically auditioning for a director <laughs> at, that, at that point. So when we finished the gig, um, he was like, I guess he gave me his information, and he was like, you know, send me your your, your reel or, or your demo. And so I did, and it was no more than two weeks to a month, maybe. And I was still, like, waiting tables at the time. And 
selling kidneys. And, uh, <laughs> and he, yeah, I came in for, uh, what was the first, and I should totally know this, the first gig I did, I think it, it was, I think it was... Was it Sham- Samurai? Samurai? It was Samurai Champloo. That's what it was. And uh, he didn't direct it, but he brought me in on that. And, uh, <clears throat> and that was the first time I'd worked with Bang Zoom Entertainment. And um, it was really cool. I remember he brought me in, and, and Steve Bloom, whose voice I very much recognized, I hadn't met him before, was sitting in the lobby, and you know, and Kirk introduced him to me. And uh, I remember Steve, he just was like, when I was walking, he was like, welcome to the world of anime. It was like, <laughs> cool, deep voice. You know? And I was like, that's so cool. That's so cool. So yeah, and then I, you know, I just kept going from there to that, and I think we did IGPX. If you if you remember that, that was a ways the back. The Grand uh, Grand Prix, right? Yeah, something like that. Something Grand Prix. Yeah, no one no one knows what it stands <laughs> for. It's one of those great secrets. Um, but yeah, no. So then I just kept piggybacking and to more and more stuff. So uh, Kirk, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I've <laughs> I've done well with anime, and I enjoy working on it very much. So yeah, got on a lot of fun roles, a lot of good villain roles, and everything mm. like that. And looking for more. Bring them on. <laughs> Would be a lot of fun. The uh, so, Yeah, we got to talk to Kirk Thornton a little while ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, right. he was Did on he verify some... my story? <laughs> Actually, I didn't know until until I started doing some research. Until you started stalking me. A little bit, yeah. Right. I know it's kind of creepy, right? It is, it is. But the Johan in me appreciates that. I, I feel bad because I feel like whenever we do research, it's like I feel like such a creeper. <laughs> well, it depends what you find. I guess. Maybe I don't want to know. I mean, if you're finding normal stuff. What are you why are you afraid that I'll I don't watch? know. I don't know at all. Please, no one Google me. This no isn't one. exactly. I don't want you to find out that I'm actually a lawyer somewhere else. <laughs> this isn't exactly, you know, dissuading me on the theory that you're actually planning on taking over the world at some point. I again, again, that would that would really just be silly. <laughs> would not do that. No nefarious plans Mm-mm. here. Mm-mm. None whatsoever. Well, you you mentioned getting to work with Kirk and, you know, working with Steve Blum and a lot of other really good ensemble cast, Andrea Romano. Is there anybody you haven't gotten to work with yet that you're like, that one, I need that one, I need to check that off the bucket list? God, no. I, I mean, I've worked with everyone. No, <laughs> not at all. No. Uh, there are so many people that I would love to work with. I have found that, because um, I'm the guy, I go, to a, I go to a session and I'd say there's Okay, I know who that is, and I totally know who she is. Okay, I don't know who that is. And I might not even know their names, but I don't. I'm like, I don't know what they've done. I go home, and I, I do that <laughs> Google thing. I just go like this with my fingers. It's really freaky. No, I look them up, and inevitably, this person that I'm like, who is that? I wonder if they've done any work. They have, like, this resume that's unbelievable. Like, when I was a kid, I was watching, you know, cartoons like, with this I person. know that. I know that. Yeah, so I'm... I just assume now that every single person I meet at every session has done far more than me, <laughs> is much greater than I could ever achieve, and I just appreciate them and, and double-check that later. Keeps you humble. It keeps you <laughs> well, there's so there's plenty out there to keep you humble, that's uh, for sure. And, and as well, there should be. But I don't know that there's any, like, like one person like that I can't wait to work with that would be my dream, per se. I know. Sorry. <laughs> There's so I'm many though. Like, how can I? Think of a bumper sticker summary for right, that. You're not gonna, I'm you can't on this one. I purposely answered that in a way that you could not get a bumper sticker out of it. Darn it! Right. See, I knew it. Well, to each his own. I don't think that, <laughs> that really doesn't applies. Work. That's just a separate thing that you're saying all. right now. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't, how would that answer the question? <laughs> Who haven't you gotten to work with? <laughs> to each his own. If I had said that to you, you'd be like, you'd be like, interview's over. Like, what does that even mean? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start talking bumper stickers too. Then I'll just be more concise. The rest of the interview will just be like bumper sticker taglines. Hang in there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Hang in there, kitty. Oh, now yes. we're now we've moved on to posters. Yes, we. But I'm sure Hang in there was also a bumper sticker somewhere. So probably. Yeah. You know, like coexist. Other things like that. And I'm just going to start naming off the ones that I've seen. I'm sure there's a website with a like, history of the bumper sticker somewhere that we could research <laughs> and, and double check it. So someone make sure. I don't want to. You say something yes. that's incorrect. After Buzz viewers, let us know because I inquire know. Mi- inquiring minds want to know. See, that's the tagline for something else. See, that's not a bumper sticker. At all. No, it's not. Ah, I lost the game. I'm so sad. Oh, is, are people still playing the game? <laughs> I don't know. Are people playing the game? I know because I, I just I hope not. Yeah. Well, I you just ruined it for everyone I lost watching. The game. You lost the game. Everyone. These fine people everyone. lost the game. There's 45 the uh, staff members in here right now. You guys all just lost the game, all of you. They're all very tall. That's why I'm looking up so high. <laughs> exactly. It's bleachers. 
Yep, all of you up there, wherever you're at. Nice. <laughs> wherever Kirk, you Kirk if you're watching, you just lost the game. <laughs> Kirk loves the game. He's big. He's big on the game. Really? No. <laughs> not at all. I, I bet he doesn't know what the game is. Probably not. And that's not an insult it's in any way. It's such an old Good joke. It's such an old joke. I don't know right. if anybody still remembers what the game is. But <laughs> you I remember, did. I remember what the game is, but... There's no way, like, we're the only two people. Everyone else is just like, what? What are they talking about? That's crazy. I don't know what game that is. The game. Well, the if you game. don't know, then you didn't lose. Right? Or mm, no? No, I lost. Yeah, no, I, I lost. I don't know. But yeah, because once you don't know, then it's you start asking whether or not you've lost, what the game is. And then you know, and then you've inevitably lost. You've already lost me. Yep. I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I don't know. Where are we? Where are we? That is an excellent question. Are we recording question. something? What's happening right here? Do you <laughs> I need think me to it was supposed villain? to be an interview, but Oh, I don't I'm know. sorry. Okay, well, let me ask you some more questions. Uh, <laughs> anyway. How did you get into interviewing people? I sort of fell into it, really. Just like slipped or yeah, literally, okay? I slipped, I fell, and there was a microphone in my way, and that's nice. how that happened. Excellent. But um, but I do want to know what kind of upcoming projects that do you have coming up that you're really excited about? Oh, I, I actually have some. Uh, I don't know that I can talk about them at all. Um, I have to be really like kind of secretive. Um, I just did something really cool for Blizzard. I guess I can say that. That's all I can say um, on that one. Um, I'm doing something. <laughs> what was the point of being <laughs> like this? But I, I'm doing something for uh, Nick Jr. That's fantastic. I'm excited about, but I can't talk about that yet either. Zip. Zip. I can't. Uh, it's more of the stuff that's going on now. Like, I'm looking forward to mo- doing more Sailor Moon. Sailor um, Moon's a good one. I'm Sailor Moon's dad. So <laughs> I play a lot of That's the other thing. I'm either the villain that you feel bad for or I'm Sailor Moon's dad. I'm somebody's dad. <laughs> I play a lot of with dad the glasses roles. and everything. Absolutely, honey, sure thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, so I'm looking for more Sailor Moon. Um, we have Doraemon that's now airing on uh, Disney XD, and uh, that I'm excited at, and hopefully we'll get to do more work on that. Um, but everything that's it's like hard. Elder Scrolls Online, I'm excited. I'm still working on that's that. That's good. That's still going, so I still get to be various Argonians and, <laughs> and what have you in that. It's really hard when you can't talk about it, because you're it's like, weird. I've got all these things, and I can't say a I word. Know, I really want to. It's that thing. Later on, I mean, you know, in two weeks, maybe I could say stuff, but I can't. But. I, no, I love when, that, when I can spill the beans, but uh, I also don't want to get fired. Yeah, no, that's kind of more important. <laughs> yeah, and they, they, I think they kill people. Yeah. I know. That Some like someone companies. someone just Some he do. said too much and just they just flip a and switch somewhere. You think they'd just be like you'll never work again, but they're like you'll <laughs> never anything again. They're, they're hardcore. We have to put a stop to this. <laughs> yeah. No, they're really serious about it. Um yeah, so I I don't know what else is anything and everything that's coming up. There's some good stuff. I'm looking forward to doing some more Ninja Turtles, but I have no control. I don't. I don't write the show. If I did, you'd see a lot more of Kirby <laughs> O'Neill. Kirby well, to be in every episode. He Maybe had, not every. I but. love the scenes with him though, with him and Donatello. Just the techno babble that goes back and forth. Oh yeah, we had a little bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was cool. It was a lot of fun. Do you ever like look at what you're reading and go, "Is this even English? I don't know." Oh, that's funny that you asked that. You know, I was working on a game, another game. I can't say what it is, but uh, it'll come out soon, and everyone will be very excited about it. And I'd done hours and hours and hours of reading, <laughs> and at one point. It, you're, just like you said, it doesn't look like English anymore. And so at one point I was like uh, reading and I was like, wait, is that a typo? <laughs> reap, is that supposed to be like reappear? Is it reappear? And the director just looked at me and was like, uh, it's it's reap? Like you will <laughs> sow what you reap? <laughs> oh, right. Of course it is. Of course, there was no typo. It made perfect sense. But it just was like, uh, hang on. Okay. Uh, so every once in a while we're like, to her? What is it? It's the? It's the. Okay. I'm good now. I'm good. It's amazing. I don't know if you've read aloud for hours, but it, it does happen. Every once in a while, you're just the most normal word. You're like, what is that? Is that Spanish? Is this a German? Is this a German word I'm supposed to read? How do you pronounce that? Fragile. Fragile. <laughs> right. Fragile. Good example. Fragile. Is it fragile? Should I say fragile? Or just fragile? Or it's Must fragile? be Italian. Oh, it's Italian. That's what it is. That's, that's why I missed. That's why I screwed that up. Oops. <laughs> My bad. So that does actually happen, and it's it's fairly embarrassing when it happens. It doesn't happen that often, though. But well, that's yeah. when you know you kind of need to step and get out of the booth for a little bit. Can I just take a, <laughs> I just take a little break because I don't know where I'm at. Because my eyes are crossed and the words don't look like words anymore. Yeah, yeah. And if I've done a few um, 
audiobooks and the audiobooks are kind of the same way like you're either on a roll and then like don't stop like just keep going if you're not making mistakes like nothing <laughs> seriously earthquakes whatever just keep going just keep going and then there are times where you just can't get through a sentence and you're like you know what it's we're gonna we're gonna take five we're gonna take five <laughs> minutes because i don't want to waste anybody's time and we'll come back and then we'll be on a roll again because there are not words coming out of my mouth right now i don't know what's just, happening it's just babble at some point well, that's got to be really challenging. I'm a big audiobook uh, fan. I, oh, I, I love... were going to say you're a big audiobook. I didn't know fan was going to follow. I was like, what? No way. Maybe I I've should specify. To you. I should specify. Have I listened to you? No, but I do love audiobooks, especially right. on my commute to work and everything yeah. like that. Um, what, like, and that must just be so challenging in terms of, like, just the endurance that is required for that. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. I did, like, a, a, I think it was a 10-book fantasy series um the author was no longer with us so we had to come up with our own like pronunciations and whatever and then stick with it and like for one book or maybe even two books like that's one thing but when you're 10 books in and every book they keep adding like 50 characters and you're trying to do like (laughs) subtly different voices for each of them it gets so difficult to remember how to pronounce the names the locations and of course how does this what does this guy sound like (laughs) It, it's really, I don't even remember anymore. There's so that yeah. was like 20 characters ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty difficult. And then the other thing is, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're doing, but uh, uh, for this series, it, it didn't really make sense to. You would think you'd read them ahead of time, right? Isn't that the that would be the assumption? You read the book ahead of time. Um, I did not, <laughs> and I'm not the only one who hasn't read it ahead of time. So, I mean, people are really getting a cold reading. I think very frequently. When they're doing audiobooks. Well, that's really impressive then, because I love listening to that and the, just the way the character, you know, the way people switch back and forth between the right. characters and everything. Knowing that that's a cold reading is even more impressive, nine times out of ten. Right. Or, or it explains why it's so bad <laughs> that other time. You're like, oh, I get it now. That would oh. be difficult. I love it when um, there's a just an absolute cast ensemble with oh, audiobooks. That's ideal, yeah. I, I've only read like two series that, that ever did that. Have that you ever been cast. a part of I have something not. like that? Wait, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true, I have. No, absolutely not. I've never done okay, one time, but I needed the money. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was kinda of, it was hardcore. Uh, probably shouldn't say that I did this. No, uh, I no, I did do something um, recently uh it was called rex tanner and i was the uh, narrator now but here's the thing now that was an ensemble but we all recorded separately so it comes off as an ensemble when you're listening to it but it was still i still was recording at home but it was still a one-on-one thing it was not even one-on-one. Oh, there's not zi- even a director? Would, yeah. Well, would that be one-on-one? Is that zero-on-one? What do you call that? When you're just one-on-one by yourself, would be me and then a director. you're self-directing. Yeah. If oh, but it's there's just no number code for it? You can't say just like one-on-zero? I guess one-on-zero, I yeah. suppose. Because if you and the director is one-on-one, then This yeah. is important. This is stuff we need, to, <laughs> we need to hash this out so that no one else has this problem I later. I think that's just called lonely. <laughs> well... I mean, I was doing, I was being paid to do it. It's not like I'm just like reading books in my office by myself. Oh, if only they'd hire me, hire me for this. This is how I would read it. This would be awesome. Oh, I wish. Well, that's five hours. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I also don't wear a watch, but I still, I do that all it's the time. It's a freckle past a hair. So, yeah, it's a freckle past a hair. Absolutely. Well, maybe two, but yeah. Oh, look at my wrist. I have to go. Yeah, but, uh, go. But yes, the um, what audiobooks do you work on? Because I didn't see that on your resume. Oh, because it hasn't been that many, to be honest. I, I, I think it, a lot of them are just like kind of informational, so the titles escape you immediately afterwards because <laughs> it's a lot of jargon and you have no idea what you're saying. More techno babble. Totally techno babble. I'm sure it makes sense. After you get about halfway through the book, you're like, this kind of makes sense. And then like a day after you're done, you're like, what <laughs> it's was I talking gone. about? It's gone. It's totally, totally gone. I, I did, the main one that I did was that 10 book series. It was a series by Joel Rosenberg. I remember the author's name and I'm trying to remember. I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. I'm sure there's only one 10 book series by Joel Rosenberg, but it was like months and months and months of recording. And actually there was one thing that was really cool in it. There was a character in it who had a Jewish last name. I, let's say it was Dahlberg, because I don't remember what it was. And so it was a passage about, I don't know, probably what I, when I got to like the eighth book, where one of the characters was saying, oh, pff, Dahlberg, Rosenberg, which was the author's name he snuck in, Silverstein, what's the difference? So I actually, <laughs> I mean, this book had been written like 20 years ago, and it named the main character, the author, and then the narrator, who they would have no idea would come in 20 years ago. It was amazing. Like an amazing coincidence. Just like, what? Oh, I had to stop. I, I, and I wasn't by myself for this one. I had an engineer. I had to go like, whoa, hold on. Hold on just a second. 
that's crazy. And he could appreciate the craziness because <laughs> we just spent like five months doing this. So he was just like, what? <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Ben. Shout out. Shout out. That's my, that was my engineer. <laughs> and yeah, I imagine after recording for that long, thing, you get a little loopy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You get a lot. You get a lot. But you can't. A lot of audiobooks are you get you get paid by the finished hour. So if that makes sense. So when it's recorded and they edit it and put it together, if it took you twenty five hours to get an hour, you get paid for an hour. Uh, now you nobody take it's not gonna take anybody twenty five hours. I'm giving an insane example. But that's the way that it works. So you can goof around, <laughs> but you goof around at your own expense. So it, it kind of, you know, it kinda of limits the amount of jokes you want to throw in. I there were a few, but Well, the the longer the book then, the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember li- I listened to one that was like 58 hours, and I will never do that again because wow. it was so long. So you couldn't even listen for 50. I mean, now imagine recording it. That's like, it took me months, and I can't even imagine what it was like recording And that. it was over 100 hours to record that, for <laughs> Trump, sure. For definitely. Sure. And it was just one guy by himself. Right. He spent a lot of time doing that. <laughs> and you couldn't even listen. Look at that. No, I right. listened. I finished. It just took me months. Right. You were like, tap me out. I'm done. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. Well, it was it was a Les Mis. So, oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, there I needed breaks. <laughs> anyway, I think we that pretty much wraps up a lot of the time that we have. Um, thank you so, so much for, for coming in. Oh, thank you for having me. No, it was a lot of fun getting to talk to you. Where can people go to find you online if they want to find out more information about you oh. and about the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um you can go to, well, my website is just KeithSilverstein.com, um, and you can get my resume and what have you there. Um, also on Facebook, uh, Keith Silverstein, voice artist on Facebook, um, Silver Talkie uh, for Twitter, which I'm never on, by the way. <laughs> just, I am. That's me. And uh, if you say something, if you, if you tweet me, I, I might read it at one point. Um, and or you can find me here, right? I'm staying. I'm staying, am I staying upstairs tonight? Or <laughs> I don't think this studio has an upstairs. No. Oh, so that was a joke then. So I, I didn't need to bring the pillow. No, or I'm the sorry. Uh, no, we'll we'll have a sleepover next time. It'll be a lot of fun. Sure. And we'll talk about bumper stickers. And we'll talk about boys, and we'll do each other's <laughs> hair. It'll be a lot of fun. It's sounding less and less fun. Now. <laughs> it really is. That's not. What well, I that's what you do at sleepovers. Is it? Is yeah, it? you have pillow fights. You talk about boys. Right, right, right. Watch. Glittery vampires, that kind of talk. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no absolutely no. not. No. That's where I draw the line. Fair enough. No. Sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to blend in. <laughs> but we will watch some girly rom-coms. It'll be great. Okay. I want to do I want to watch girly rom-coms. <laughs> well, no. We'll have the Robotech <laughs> Marathon. Okay. We will have the Robotech Marathon and... I'm totally down with that. Or Transformers. I've been watching a lot of Transformers lately. I could do that too. That'll be fun. <laughs> All I right. could do that either well, one. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to The Voice. Of, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at The Mangwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. We will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Sorry. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 